0: Greetings to you all. Welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. Before we get started, I want to give a very special thank you to the Reform members of Back to Ashes Denise S., Seven Leaf Clover, Through Scrutiny, Samantha Place, Lisa Radford, Tina Mead, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Mana Ash, Normie DW, Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's Niece. If you would like to become a member of the channel, that information can be found down below. A very special thank you also goes out to those that help with my GoFundMe. That information is down below as well and is still open for donations. I'm still trying to find somewhere to nest. If you are new here and liking what you are hearing, or if you haven't already, please remember to subscribe, like, share, and comment, as it does help push this video into the algorithm. Thank you in advance. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For once we arise from the ashes, we are bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, Relax, kick back, grab your snacks, or tuck in and get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled, True Middle of Nowhere Stories, right after the intro an ad will play, I'll read the first story an ad will play, and after that, there will be no more ads within this video. This happened about 18 months ago. It was a remote area, though not particularly desolate, which means it does get many hikers in the summer and autumn months, but back then it was totally deserted due to the extreme cold and heavy snowfall. As I walked around, there were no tracks anywhere. The snow was about 12 to 15 inches deep. I was looking around myself every now and then, and after walking for about two to two and a half hours, I could see someone far behind me. I'm 100% sure it wasn't someone taking a break, because there's no tracks ahead of me, and I should have noticed if I passed them by. The person seemed to keep their distance. I stopped after a while to see if they would catch up to me, and it seemed they picked up pace for a few minutes, but then stopped. When I resumed walking, so did they. I decided to keep hiking as if nothing was out of the ordinary, but after an hour, they disappeared. I didn't look behind me for like 10 or 15 minutes, and when I turned again, they were gone. The trail elevation varies a lot, and there are several bends, but I never saw them again for the rest of my hike. The best explanation is the person grew tired. It's very hard and exhausting to hike in deep snow if you're not a very fit person, and neither turned back or slowed way down. But the most confusing part is, Where the hell did they come from? They weren't always behind me, and they didn't seem fast enough to have started the hike long after myself and then caught up to me. Maybe they were in the woods and then found the trail again? I really am unsure what to make of all of this. Quick note, I'm not a skittish person by nature, and usually I try to find a reasonable explanation for things. I'm six foot two and 225 pounds, and I've been hiking and camping for the best part of a decade now. But a combination of how the person appeared like two hours into the hike, how he was reacting to my movement, and how he was walking near the edge of the trail under the trees was pretty unsettling. I'm interested in hearing if you guys can explain it. This happened a few years ago when me and my buddies went into the woods at around 9 p.m. To get to the woods, you have to cross an old road that leads to Waterworks Factory. This road separates the housing estate and the woods. Well, we were crossing this road and decided to enter through a different place we'd never been to before. And we were only halfway down the road when something whistled at us. You may be thinking... It's probably just your mates, or something like that, but this, this was different. We knew it was coming from the bushes almost instantly and legged it back towards the houses. Naturally, my fight-or-flight impulses kicked in and I ran, but in the complete opposite direction to my buddies. They ran back the way they came. For some stupid reason, I ran straight towards the place the whistle came from. Realizing I was going the wrong way, I screamed. I saw a silhouette of a man in the bush and nearly fell over trying to run around. We all regrouped and made the ultimate collective decision to go back in. Nothing. No person. No second whistle. No speakers. No anything. The silhouette I saw was gone, so we went into the trees and found an opening, like a little circle of ground in amongst the trees. We found a little teddy bear, as if it was deliberately placed and positioned where it was, sitting on top of two twigs made to look like a cross and four other sticks holding the bear in place. We took a picture, left, and never came back. I have since lost contact with my buddies due to me starting college and them entering their final year of high school. But, I tried going there at daytime just last week, but all the paths have been blocked by fallen trees due to recent red warning winds in the UK. Storm Arwen ruined a beautiful forest and buried a mystery we never got to solve. I've always been in tune with something where I can sense a spirit. I've noticed ever since I was around 8 when I could tell if something was going to happen before it happened. Or just see creatures that don't look like anything than what's on earth. My story starts last week when me and a group of friends decided to go on a hike in some woods about 2 miles from our houses. When we got to the mouth of the woods... Everything felt normal, and I couldn't sense anything, so I continued inside. Once we were inside, we hiked for about a mile before we found this run-down building. Well, I could sense the aura coming from it, and I told my group to turn around. As I said that, we heard a blood-curdling scream, and we turned around to see two figures. One was at least six foot tall and walked on all fours and the other was human-like but extremely tall with long spindly arms that could wrap around me twice over. We ran as fast as we could, and we could hear them following, but they stopped as we got out of the woods. I guess my question is, can anyone please give me a sort of answer? Because I can't go back in there until I know exactly what we had encountered. I remember a time I was almost abducted when I was a kid, or at least I thought I was. I lived at my grandmother's house out in the middle of nowhere, Texas. Our neighbors lived closer to the main county road, and my grandmother's house was on the back of a five-acre lot. Across the main street was an army depot, nothing but woods and yellow daffodils. My parents were at work, and my grandparents were in the house watching the Golden Girls. My father had bought me a bike as a birthday gift. I just turned nine, so I was riding my bike up our long driveway. Our neighbor to the left, a really old elderly woman, had no one to visit her or talk to her, so I often played at her house and helped her with anything she asked me to. That day, I wanted to show her my new bike. She was sitting on her porch when I visited her. She had no errands or chores for me. So I talked to her for about 15 minutes and showed her my new bike. Then I returned to my own driveway. I had been riding back and forth for about 15 minutes, listening to music on my mp3 player. When I had this sudden nauseating pain in my gut, I looked around, only to find a car passing by. I recognized it as my elderly neighbor's car and waved to her. She stopped long enough to talk to me. As she pulled up into our driveway, just far enough that the tail end of her car wasn't in the street, a white van marked with some electric company's name and a ladder on the roof passed by. In our area, there was only one electric company. The one on the truck was not ours, so I found it strange but quickly dismissed it to talk to our neighbor. A good ten minutes passed when I noticed the van was driving by once more and going in the direction it had come from. Maybe the man was lost, I thought, and kept talking to my neighbor. She gave me a big bag of her garden tomatoes and cucumbers for my grandmother before telling me to run on home. I watched her as she drove away. Then that sudden pain returned. I had forgotten all about it. I looked up to see the white van was driving in my direction, going much faster than it had been. Something inside me screamed to run. To do something, whatever it was, I had to get away and do it fast. I dropped the bags in my hand and ran across the small pasture to my elderly neighbor's house. She was no longer on the porch, but her house was much closer than my grandmother's. As I hopped over the neighbor's fence, the van sped up as it cut into my neighbor's driveway. I made a quick decision to run up the back steps instead of running around the front of the house. My neighbor had a long wraparound porch, and her driveway was small. If he had intentions on kidnapping me, it would have been too easy for him to catch me, trying to run around the front of the house. I was in tears as my neighbor locked her doors and called the police. She'd seen everything and called my grandfather first. It would have taken way too long for the police to arrive. My neighbor put me in her room and locked the door behind herself. Moments later, I heard banging on the front door. As terrified as I was, I looked out of her bedroom window to find a tall man and lean man standing on the front porch. He looked like he might be in his mid-to-late 20s, dark hair, blue jumpsuit like Michael Myers. He had aviator sunglasses on, and I could see he had a dark beard. He banged on the door once more, then began walking around the house. He was looking in the windows when my grandfather arrived. The very moment he saw my grandfather, the man ran back to his van and sped off. I'm 25 now, and thankfully I never saw that van again. When I was around 17 or 18-ish, I was driving home from a friend's house after a movie marathon. It was around 1 a.m. when I left, and a decent drive. Not quite halfway, my gas light comes on. I had a few creepy catcall experiences at gas stations and was a little paranoid stopping that late in the middle of nowhere as a 110-pound teenage girl. In the end, I think if I wasn't so cautious, I would have been kidnapped, or worse, killed. The first gas station I came across was well lit and in a pretty open space. I drove up to the pump and looked around my car mirrors before getting out. As I was starting to pump gas, this normal looking guy comes out of the gas station shop and starts smoking a cigarette. The pump kept clicking off and not working, so I started messing with it trying to get it to pump. This guy starts watching me, laughing. I assumed he was just laughing to himself watching a teenage girl trying to pump gas. After getting maybe one-fourth a gallon, I gave up and moved to a new pump. After this point, if I didn't do absolutely everything I did, I would have been screwed. When I got back into my car, I locked my doors just to drive to the other pump. I checked all of my mirrors before getting out or shutting off my car again. It was an old 90s beetle, but it didn't always start right away. That's when I saw the guy walking up to my car. He was smiling, walking up to the driver's side window. Not wanting him next to me, I rode down the passenger window. He passed for a moment, then smiled to himself and walked to the passenger window. He stuck his head all the way inside my window to talk to me. He says, ''Hey.'' I know this seems really weird, but I promise I'm not a creep or anything. My car broke down. He points to a red SUV. And I need a ride home. It's just half a mile up the road. I said, uh, sorry, uh, but I don't know you. Oh, oh, no, I I totally get it. I thought it was pretty weird as I was walking up here, but it's only half a mile up the road. I'm totally stranded. I... (laughs) I wished I could help you, but uh, I really don't know you. Yeah, I got you. If you had a truck or something, I'd offer to ride in the back. He looks expectantly. Sorry, um, no. All of a sudden, he looked pissed. He yanked at my door, but I had locked it before. Then, he reached for my inside door handle through the window. My car was still running, and I slammed it into first and peeled out as he opened the door. The car taking off slammed it shut, and I sped off. I called the police as soon as I got away. They looked at the gas station cameras, and right after I left, he got into his red SUV and drove off. If I hadn't locked my doors the second time, I would have been up shit creek without a paddle. If I let him come to the driver's side window, he could have grabbed me. If I'd shut my car off, I wouldn't have been able to drive off in time. If I didn't double check my mirrors, I would have been outside my car when he came up on me. This happened a while ago, so my recollection of this isn't going to be word for word, but here goes. I'm a teenager. Me and my mother live alone. We live, well, basically in the middle of nowhere. Nearest town is a little less than an hour away, and the only things we have near us are a gas station and a bar. I know everyone who lives near me, and we rarely ever see new people in our neck of the woods. So, just seeing someone who isn't familiar is suspicious enough. So, this was pretty creepy. A couple years ago, it was the middle of the night. Me and my mother are night owls. We like to be awake from that midnight to 6 a.m. time period that most people prefer to sleep during. My mother's watching TV in the living room and I was using the computer in the kitchen. The kitchen and the living room are basically connected so I wasn't too far away from her, only a few feet. The front door leads right into the living room. It's a door with nine windows so it's pretty easy to see inside. My mother looked towards the door, and she saw somebody staring at her through the window, and he was wearing a hoodie that obscured almost all of his face. My mom jumped, and she of course walked to the door and asked him what the hell he was doing. According to my mother, he looked pretty young, but she could barely see his face, so who knows how old he was. The man said something along the lines of, Uh... Could you help me with my car, please? In a tone I could only describe as miserable and off-putting. Even though it was dark out, there should have been enough light for her to see a car. There was no car. The man was also holding his hands in his pockets pretty tightly. My mother said no and apologized. This caused him to grip whatever it was in his pockets tighter. So tight it caused his arm to tremble. He stayed for a few more minutes, and then he had swiftly disappeared. Throughout the night, maybe one or two hours later, we thought we'd heard slight weeping, but we didn't see anyone at any of our doors and windows. I may be making assumptions here, but I can only assume it was a weapon he was holding in his pockets. This was a creepiest shit experience and it's safe to say he was going to lure my mother out of the house to do something sinister to her. A year ago, there was a very small metal plate jammed between the front door strike plate and the place that goes inside of it. I'm not sure what it's called. We have zero idea where this metal plate came from, but the metal plate stopped our doors from locking, so I'm assuming it was put there so that somebody could get in later. These things are probably not related, but it made me think about him, because this was deliberately placed there by somebody and we are not sure why. To the creepy guy staring at my mother through the door after midnight in the middle of nowhere, we hope we don't ever see you again. I grew up in the South. Tons and tons of beautiful places to see that haven't been taken over by concrete yet. It's nice. But along with that, it's pretty boring. Being a teenager and wanting to go out and have fun led to mostly improvising with your buddies and hoping something good will come out of the night. There wasn't really a local spot to go hang like a club or cool bar. And the places that were close to this was boring because you did them so many times. I'm sure if you've ever lived in a rural area, you can understand that feeling completely. Something that I found a ton of enjoyment in as a teenager was just cruising around super late at night listening to music. I would fill my gas tank up, grab something to drink on, a cigarillo, and I would just take off driving around until the sun came up. It was a way for me to just clear my mind and relax. Those country back roads were always fun to drive on at 2 a.m. and was also just the right amount of spooky. Well, one night I absolutely got more than I bargained for. I can't remember what month it was exactly, but I know for a fact it was in the summertime because I was out of school. And I also remember it being a comfortable chill night. So, if I were to guess, it just had been around July or August. I was cruising around like I always did and was completely worry-free. I had music blaring and I was in my zone. I decided to head down to a park just out of boredom. This particular park is at the very end of a long stretch of desolate country road. But it is a really pretty drive because of that. When I say desolate country road... I don't mean like it's some dirt road that goes through the woods or anything crazy like that. It's a normal paved road, but there is really nothing on it after a certain point. The entire road takes about 20 minutes to drive on to get to the park, and after 10 minutes into the drive, the houses start to get spread out further and further to becoming no houses and just road leading into a park. I think a lot of the reason I like this drive at night is because of how creepy it was, and I looked at it as some sort of adventure or whatever. The park isn't open for camping or anything. It's mostly just a lot of land with walking trails and biking trails set up through miles of woods. So obviously at around 3 a.m. in the morning, it's pretty dead. I made it there and just did a slow, normal little loop-around drive of the park. The night before, it stormed very badly, so badly I remember my parents and I had to take shelter because of the threat of a tornado touchdown. There ended up being no tornado, but the storms were pretty damn rough. Because of this, I came up on a fallen tree in the road that looped around to the exit of the park that must have happened because of the storm. It wasn't some massive tree or anything. But I know for a fact that there was no way I could have gotten over it in my car, obviously. It was pitch black. Everywhere besides the front of my car, because of the headlights and because of that, I immediately rolled out backing up the entire way I just drove when I entered the park. I knew that was super dangerous and there was no way. At this spot on the road, there was a flat land on each side of me. I figured that it would make most sense to just back up into the grass beside me, just a little, and then drive back the way I came in. It was a one-way loop around the park, but I wasn't really worried about going out the wrong way since it was so late. So I started to back off the road so I could get my car and turned around. All was good until I went to pull back up on the road. I totally didn't take into account how wet the grass was and the amount of mud. My car went absolutely nowhere. My back tires were completely stuck and were spinning in place as I was trying to floor the gas pedal. I started to become pretty scared at this point. Not the most ideal situation to be in. I immediately take my cell phone out of my pocket and saw that I had service. Super huge feeling of relief. I called my parents and told them what happened and where I was. They were pretty pissed at me, but said they will pay for a tow truck to come get me out. My parents both drove small four-door sedans, and they would have been zero help in the situation. I was about 45 minutes away from my house and the rest of most human civilization. So I realized that I could be stuck out here for at least an hour before someone was able to come get me. Freaky feeling, but I tried getting it out of my head and just continued to listen to music and be on my phone in the car while I waited. Not really much more that I could do. After I kind of calmed down from the initial anger I had, I started to check out my surroundings. I didn't even notice at first because of everything going on, but in front of my car's placement was a field that was full of the most amounts of deer. I think I had ever seen it once. There legitimately must have been 40 deer in this field just walking around and eating the grass. The field wasn't directly in front of my car, but if I was to get out and throw a rock in that direction, I would have easily been able to hit one of them. So if I was to guess, they were about 30 yards out. This didn't really help me with the creepy level going on. Looking out in front of your car and seeing 80 eye reflections staring back at you is a bit of an alarming feeling overall. But I was relieved it was just a field of deer. I watched them for a little bit, but I was quickly over it and started to just browse through my social media apps while waiting. They seemed to have been over it quicker than I was because they all went back to walking around and eating once they figured out that I wasn't going to attack them or anything. After browsing my phone for about 15 minutes, I finally get a call back from my parents, letting me know that a tow truck guy is on the way, and about an hour and a half out from my location. Still to this day, I remember hearing that and having the thought of, you have got to be effing kidding me. I don't understand that me and only me was the reason I was in the situation I was in, so I couldn't really be mad at anyone but myself. But that was very obviously not what I wanted to hear. I decided that the smartest thing for me to do was just make sure my doors were all locked, lay back in my seat, and take a nap to pass time quick. So that's what I did. Okay, here we go. So, I wake up 45 minutes later to the feeling of being watched. I'm not sure if anyone has ever experienced that feeling before because I don't know how common it is. But there was a sixth sense alarm going off in my head telling me that I needed to wake up. Waking up to that feeling in the situation I was in and the surroundings I was in is probably the worst case scenario. I sit up and immediately check my surroundings and see nothing. I looked through my car very quickly for any sort of weapon and found a pocket knife. A freaking pocket knife. I was very scared. Even though I saw and heard absolutely nothing, that feeling is terrifying. I was shocked to see the field of deer in front of me was still full of deer. I don't know anything about the animal, but I guess I always just assumed they don't hang out in the same place for long. Not sure why I thought that, but I was surprised to see them nonetheless. I called my parents back to see if they had heard any kind of update from the tow truck dude. I decided to not mention the feeling I was having because I didn't want them to worry more and I also knew that it was literally nothing more than a feeling I had and had nothing to back up why I was feeling that way other than just being spooked out in general. No update from the tow truck guys so we all assumed everything was still the same on his end. The call lasted just a few minutes because I felt like such a dick. They both had to wake up for work in a few hours, now having to spend a random $100 plus and on top of all that, they were worried about me. I could tell they were annoyed at the situation, but worried. I told them I'll make sure to tell them when the guy arrives, and I'm sorry. We hung up, and I looked up from the phone and immediately went from 0 to 100 in panic mode. The deer in front of me were all completely perked up, staring in the same direction right in front of them. Let me remind you that there are around 40 deer in this field. Every single one of them were stopped dead in their tracks, standing completely still, looking at… something. I put my high beams on and stared, waiting for obviously anything to happen at all. Nothing. I tapped my horn real quick. They didn't even budge or look my way. They were all still completely glued to what was by them. The way the tree line was, I couldn't see that far over in the field. I know they were looking into the woods by them, but where I was at, I was only able to see them. I could hear my heart beat. I grabbed that stupid pocket knife and just waited for something to happen. I would say it was about a minute after I honked, every single one of them in unison started to run the opposite way. They were running at full speed, and within 20 seconds the field was completely empty. I was petrified in fear. I knew that staying in my car is what would be the safest thing to do, but it's the worst feeling in the world when you feel like a sitting duck. My head was on a swivel. I was freaking out in every way possible. I assumed that it was a bear or something, but it could have been absolutely anything. I was convinced to that point it was the devil himself. I didn't know what to do. I knew that the tow truck was close by, but I had no idea where he was. I began to shake because of nerves and just looked around to make sure nothing was by me and focusing on the field in front of me. I did this for what felt like an actual eternity. Sitting in complete silence and darkness in the middle of nowhere, waiting for something to jump out and attack me. Fifteen of the longest minutes of my life go by, and I start to see lights break through the tree line on the road. As it's getting closer, I see it was the tow truck guy. The lights on the truck felt like it was Jesus coming from heaven to rescue me. He gets up to me and I jump out of the car and immediately ask him if he has a gun on him. I told him very quickly what just happened to me and that something is definitely out here nearby. He let me know that he had a shotgun in his truck and assured me that it was most likely a bear or bobcat. He gave me the whole, they are more scared of you than you are of them, bullshit. The tree was small enough for him to sort of bulldoze it out of the way with his truck, and then he attached my car to his and pulled me out of the spot I was stuck in. He was very nonchalant about what I'd just experienced, but I was pretty badly shaken up from it. The whole time he was doing his thing, I still had my eyes glued out in that field waiting for something. He was completely done with everything in about 15 minutes, and he told me to follow his truck out of there onto the main road again. I got in my car and was ready more than anything to get the hell out of this park. We started to drive away from the spot I was in, and I still had my head on a swivel, completely shook up. As we were driving away, I looked in my rearview mirror. We were down the park road just a tiny bit, but I could still see the spot I was stuck in partially lit up from the vehicle's lights and the moon. I watched in my rearview mirror a man come out of the tree line behind where my car was and walk into the middle of the road and watched us drive away. My heart literally stopped beating, legitimately. I lost my breath and my eyes started to get full of tears because of how absolutely scared I was in this moment. I couldn't see any sort of details like what he looked like or even necessarily what he was wearing. To be honest, I don't really care. The feeling that I felt driving away from that spot, knowing he was right there the whole time watching me. Watching me as I was freaking out looking around. Watching me as I was completely alone for a long time. Maybe even coming right up to my window and watched as I slept. That's a feeling that is something I cannot necessarily put into words. All these years later, and it still messes with me quite a bit. The entire time we were driving off, as long as I could see him, he didn't move. Just watched us in the road. A million things went through my mind. I was scared there may have been multiple people up the road waiting for us. I was trying to figure out if I should start beating on my horn like crazy to get the tow truck driver to stop or not. I decided that all I wanted to do was just get the hell out of there more than anything. The second that we finally get out of the park and was able to be on a two-lane road again, I flew past the tow truck driver, and I did nothing below 70 miles per hour the entire way home. I flew through stop signs and stop lights. I absolutely did not give a shit. The only thing on my mind was making it home. I got home, ran inside, very quickly acknowledged my parents and said sorry and thank you and went to my room. I didn't get a single second of sleep the rest of the night. I was searching for any sort of records of things happening in that area, escaped convicts, similar stories, etc., I came to the conclusion that the man was some sort of squatter or homeless. I read many things online how it's common for homeless in rural areas to build shelter in the woods. Which does not make sense to me entirely on why they would do that. But, obviously, the unknown is the scariest part of all. What if he wasn't homeless? What if he was going to hurt me? What if, what if, what if? There's so many possibilities of what could have happened, but the outcome that did happen is what I am most grateful for. I never told my parents this story until many years after it happened, and I was already an adult and had moved out. It freaked them the hell out too when I told them. I never went back to that park, ever. Even though I no longer live by there, I still have no desire at all to ever go back there. I don't think I could even in broad daylight with a ton of people around. I also made the decision to stop doing those late-night cruises. I did a few after that time with people, but even then I felt very uncomfortable and on edge. So, to that creeper in the park, I hope I don't run into you again. I used to ride a motorcycle as a sole method of transportation when I was studying, and I used to work on hotel cocktail bars during the summer holidays. Six weeks ago, I was working at a historic, stereotypically grand hotel in a very rural area of the UK. I worked a long afternoon and evening into the night, finished cleaning up the bar at around 2 a.m., and walk through the underbelly of the hotel to retrieve my motorcycle and make the journey home. I can still clearly remember the feeling of the crisp night air and the absolute pitch-black silence of the countryside after the hot and seemingly never-ending nights of serving drinks to dinner-goers and party-goers. It was always sort of intensely relaxing, now that being an adult meant not being scared of the dark or being outside on a motorcycle in the middle of nearly nowhere at 2am. Riding through the local town took me a few minutes before I left to follow the dark country roads home. At this point, I rode a Honda 125cc, around 11 horsepower. Basic and old, but clean. It did the job. Regardless of its quirks, such as the dim headlight, which would dim and flicker even more when coming to a stop. I was riding along these pitch black roads with fields and woods surrounding me, very much alone, for at least twenty minutes. Then, I saw a brief blast of bright blue headlights in my mirrors coming from behind. Moments later, dazzling headlights arrived behind me in seconds. Almost immediately, A large Range Rover pulls out to overtake me, blasting past barely inches away from me. I respond with a long blast on my horn. Big mistake. The Range Rover pulls in front of my bike and slams on the anchors, in what seemed like an attempt to have me lose control under sudden braking, or rear-end the range. Bikes can, even when they're old and rely on drum brakes, stop pretty quickly, so I didn't rear in the maniac in front. I came to a controlled stop. I see the door of the range crack open and a figure begin to step out. I went for it, using all eleven horsepower of the little Honda's power, pulling an overtake. However, in those moments, the anger-crazed maniac had shut his door and stepped onto the accelerator causing us to be level and accelerating together when I reached his car. He then started to run me off the road, pulling to the right, wedging me further over towards the ditch at the side of the road. This is where I ended up, struggling to control the bike on the wet, dewy, heavy grass around the side of the road, trying to stop the 140-kilogram motorcycle dropping into the ditch. I struggled to regain balance but managed to pull the bike back onto the road. At this point, I noticed the guy had got back out of his Range Rover and walked around the back, opened it, and was reaching inside. I had turned the bike to face the other side of the road, ready to turn either way and make an escape from the escalating situation. Just as I looked to turn, I took one more look over at him to see him pulling a large, long object. I did the back of the range. I just went for it, taking another glance over my shoulder after 200 meters to see he had begun to continue driving up the road away from where I'd run off the road. I slowed down to see what he'd do next after driving away from me. He reached the top of the road and pulled over to the left, waiting for me, the light reflecting on the road. It was seriously effing eerie, My heart was beating so fast, yet it felt like time had stopped. I just carried on in the opposite direction to find an alternative route home in the pitch black. Just before doing this, I checked my phone for signal to see that I had no mobile coverage at all. So, a little bit of a background here. I am from Spain, with family from Italy. The story is 100% true, by the way. Me, my dad, and my brother are all three familiar with camping, nature, etc. We don't get scared easily, and we aren't really superstitious or whatever. This happened in 2010, I believe. I was 8 years old then, and we were on summer vacation in Italy, in the region of Tuscany, where some of our family is from. We... Brother Dad me. We're hiking in the country, far away from any towns or any other form of big civilization. We were not very familiar with this route, though. All of a sudden, we stumble across what looks like to be an abandoned Tuscan farmhouse. Not very big, though. We all look around and yell, asking whether there was someone there. It looked very abandoned. The door was missing, plants all growing over the place. Safe to say, no one lived there. So, since we love adventure and it didn't seem like a bad plan to do with two children, we decided to take a look at the place. As we were going to enter the house, out of nowhere comes a barn owl flying out of the house. It was dark in there. So, we had a quick scare, but nothing too bad. It's just a night owl. Now we enter the house and we just find the typical stuff you would imagine to find when you're in an abandoned house. Cutlery and plates on the ground, a candle, some old paintings. Nothing really valuable, though. Now we see an old wooden ladder that leads up to a hole in the ceiling. It was not a very big hole. My father couldn't fit it. To give you an idea, he's like six foot two. And so, since I was the oldest of the two kids, I would go up and tell them what I saw upstairs. Now I went up the ladder and got in the room, where I could see barely because the windows were covered with wood boards. So, I could make out some stuff by a few sun rays that would get in through the gaps. I could see graffiti signs, typical for an abandoned house, right? And I saw another room, so I told my father and brother that I would advance to there and see what was up. As I opened the rotten wooden door, I immediately stood still. A disgusting, rotten smell penetrated my nose. I almost had to throw up. I wanted to know what caused this bad smell. Then, in the corner of the room, I could make out a silhouette. I got closer to investigate what it could be, and I could barely make out that it was the lifeless body of a dog. A very big dog. And, spicy detail, the body was skinned. No fur, no Nothing, just pure rotting flesh in the shape of a big dog. I don't remember how long I just stood there, frozen, but I woke up from my shock with the screams of my brother because apparently the barn owl had gotten back inside the house and it almost hit him. So my dad yelled at me to come back and I gladly obeyed. When I got back downstairs, I told him what I had seen and the look he gave me was that of a man who was scared to shit but doesn't want to admit it in order to not scare his young kids. He just got close to my ear and whispered to run. We ran out of that place and never got back or even close to the route leading to it. Now, it might not be as scary compared to other stories on here, but trust me when I say this has traumatized me as it has scared the living shit out of me, and I still live with that trauma and fear to this day. I'll preface this by saying we were 12 and 13 at the time, and my friend and I often snuck out of either of our houses during sleepovers for late night walks. This was the basis of this terrifying encounter, and it stopped us from ever sneaking out after dark again. My friend lived opposite a huge forest, so her house was the preferred choice to sneak out of for us to roam around at night because the forest was more creepy and thrilling, and we always took flashlights, food, and blankets so we could camp out for a couple of hours before going back home again. Well, on this fateful night, we inadvertently fell asleep instead of staying awake, so when my friend suddenly jolted me from my sleep, it was past 3 a.m., a lot later than we usually snuck out. We grabbed our essentials and crept out of the back door into the cold and dark night. Frost crunched underfoot as we crossed the deserted road, and as we reached the entrance to the forest, we noticed how pitch black and completely silent it was, unnervingly so. We turned on our torches and stepped into the uneven path into the forest, the light illuminating the trees swaying in the icy wind. We stepped on fallen, sodden leaves and bark as we made an unsteady but familiar way into our favorite part of the forest, our cold breath the only noise to invade the deafening silence. We reached the small hut we constructed one afternoon made entirely of sticks, purely for the purpose of having some shelter for our campouts. There were times that vandals or other kids damaged our hut, but for the most part it stayed intact. But on this occasion, it was completely destroyed, like a harbinger of worse to come. We were just deciding to just call it a night and come back later on that day to repair the hut when we heard it. This loud, shrieking giggle that made the hair on the back of my neck stand straight up. My friend and I jumped in shock and looked at each other like, what the hell? We were completely freaked out. The eerie and unnatural giggle rang out again, contradicting the silence and making my body break out in goosebumps. Someone is in here, my friend whispered to me looking utterly terrified. We have to go, now. Her voice of rationale made it even more scary and unnerving to me that someone was in the forest with us at three o'clock in the morning. We just looked at each other in ascent and took off running in unison, our footsteps navigating the path as naturally as we could from muscle memory. Our uneven gasps of air punctuating the giggling that seemed to be following us, getting closer and closer. Our torch's light went up and down with our fast movements, illuminating random patches of the trees and bushes as we finally saw a small sliver of light as we came to the forest entrance. Running out of the forest, we didn't stop until we reached the back door of my friend's house and almost collapsed in a breathless heap of relief to be safe. Then, my friend's eyes went wide and she nudged me, pointing a shaky finger to across the road a haggard woman of indeterminate age was standing at the forest entrance, giggling that awful, horrifying giggle and was waving over at us. We screamed and ran inside and looked out of my friend's bedroom window through the smallest gap in the curtain and could still see the woman standing there. Worse yet, she was staring right at us as if she knew we were there. We could tell she was still giggling that hideous, appalling laugh. She turned very slowly and walked back into the forest again. We never went back to that forest, nor went out after dark again. One night, a couple friends and I went on a hike into the woods to smoke some weed. We all went to our usual hangout spot, Sunshine Grove, which is a small flat clearing with a close proximity to a high school nearby, a common place for kids to go drink or smoke pot. Well, it was around 10 or 11, and as we entered the grove, myself and four friends, and we saw two men camping out there. They had a campfire, a tent, and a bottle of wild turkey. We said hello and went on our way to our little small wood fort, around 60 feet from the clearing to smoke and chill for a bit. We finished our business, got super high, and then decided to head back to the car, which was parked like a 20-minute walk up the hill where the trail begins. I should mention now that one of my friends has mental health issues and is very spacey and odd, especially when he gets high where he would get very silent and just out of it. Needless to say, this guy probably shouldn't have been getting high with us. Anyway, as we exited the clearing, we said goodbye to the camping guys, who at this point were shit-faced drunk as they had drank an entire bottle of that wall turkey. We walked through the darkness and hiked up the hilly terrain, joking around and talking when I noticed that Friend wasn't with the group. I'm used to him not talking much, so I hadn't even noticed until we were around halfway to the car. When I called him and got his voicemail, I became a bit concerned, so we all turned back to look for him. I re entered Sunshine Grove to look for him, and because the entrance is kind of a bitch to traverse, I went by myself while my friends chilled and waited for me nearby. When I turned the corner and entered the clearing, I saw both the drunk guys surrounding my friend, groping him, and appearing to try and undress him. My friend was frozen stiff. It seemed like he was in a trance. He snapped out of it as I ripped him away by his arm and started screaming at these sick bastards. They backed off and we both ran in the opposite direction towards the rest of our friends. Within the hour, we assembled a larger group and went looking for them but when we returned to Sunshine Grove, their camp was completely gone. I never saw them again. I've seen other weird shit out there like a small neo-Nazi gathering, an abandoned weed growing operation, and a full mountain lion corpse. There's also a rusted out old car from the 40s crashed in a ravine, as well as a 40-foot rope swing. We had lots of fun out there as a teen and got poisoned oak many times. This happened about 20 years ago while hunting with my dad in northern British Columbia. It was a cold October morning, and it was still dark when we parked the truck and started our hike into a clear cut. I was familiar with the area, as we had moose hunted there before. My dad went left and I went right, and I made my way to the top of a slope to get a better view of the clear cut. I found a stump to sit on and took out my binoculars and quickly found my dad in the clear cut across the mountain. As soon as I spotted him, I heard something heavy move behind me in the forest, roughly 40 yards away. I'm thinking, yes, a moose. I then head towards the forest's edge when I hear a scream or screech unlike I've ever heard. It didn't sound human and wasn't like any animal I'd ever heard before. It was so loud, and I swear my soul left my body for a few seconds. I turned around and ran down that clear-cut hill as fast as my teenage legs would take me. When I got to my dad, he had said he had heard it too and found me in his binoculars running down the clear-cut. Then looked up at the forest edge and said he saw a big, hairy, human-like creature, standing at about eight feet tall, between two birch trees. It stayed for a few seconds, then turned around, and was completely gone. We got in the truck, went home for the day. We asked elders and relatives about it when we got back, and they called them the forest guardians. It still scares the living hell out of me to this day. This is a story my aunt told me years ago. My aunt and her family lived in a very rural and backwoods area of Lincoln County, West Virginia. She said that her father would go fox hunting periodically. He and other men would travel up into the mountains to their camp. There they would let the dogs run and chase foxes and spend the evening talking and telling stories about themselves. My aunt had many siblings, which was not uncommon back in the 1950s in Backwoods, West Virginia. Her mother decided that she would walk with several of the younger children up to her husband's, my aunt's father, camp. My aunt was one of the party. She said that they walked a long way back up into the mountain and spent a few hours relaxing and spending time with her dad. The group had such a nice time that they didn't realize that it had gotten late. My aunt's father gave his wife a lantern in order for her and the kids to be able to see on their long journey down the mountain. As the group left, the light from Box Hunter's camp eventually faded out of sight. As they walked on down the mountain, her mother noticed a small ball of light about the size of a softball coming down the mountain behind them. Thinking it was her husband needing something, she and the children stopped on the trail to wait. As they stood there, the light slowly made its way down the path and into better view. My aunt said that the closer it got, they could see that it wasn't a lantern, but a ball of light floating at about three feet from the ground. She said once her mother realized this, she put the children in front of her and told them to run as fast as they could down the old trail that was cut into the mountain. My aunt told me that they all ran as fast as they could down that hill. She said the faster they ran, the faster that ball of light moved. My aunt said that they finally got to where their home was and ran inside and locked the door. According to my aunt, they were all terrified. When they finally got the courage to look out the window, They saw absolutely nothing. My boyfriend and I had been dating almost a month at this point, back in 2020. It was late October, almost Halloween. I wanted to do some fun nighttime nature walking, and my aunt told me about this cool, unknown grave off of Lake Erie in a nature park. We went there and got super lost and neither of us had reception but we had a lot of fun. We stayed on the trails so we weren't lost lost and we could get back to the parking lot but just lost enough for it to be the creepy kind of fun that we were looking for. We finally found the grave, got some pictures and videos and took a short break and saw that the lake was less than 10 yards from us. But we were at the top of a cliff, so we decided to follow the trails further out along the lake until we found a trail spot that took us to a little secluded beach. It was about 9 p.m., but it was October, so it was already really dark out, and it was partly cloudy. But the slight amount of stars lit up the lake in a way that was beautiful so we sat on the log and just looked out while chatting a bit. After about 15 minutes of just sitting, looking, and relaxing, we both see this flash of light that came from behind us. I should tell you that unlike most stories like this, the kind with two early 20s young adults wandering the woods at night, there was no alcohol or drugs involved, but we both see this flash in instantly freeze looking at each other and ask if we both saw it it looked like a really bright camera flash but there was no one there and we hadn't seen or heard anyone else out there the entire time we were there and it had been about two hours i think we even checked around for trail cams in the area and we couldn't find anything So we both grabbed large sticks from the beach and started walking down the trail to try and get back to the car. We didn't take the small trail back, which was kind of lucky judgment on our part, because the one we took was way faster than the one we took to get there. But the whole way back, we kept seeing eyes in the woods around us. They were just deer and coyote and other animals inhabiting the area, and we knew that but it still freaked us out more and kept us on our toes. We made it back to the car without incident, and then we went home okay. But we came back during the daytime a few days later and looked around for trail cams that we may have missed because of how dark it was. We didn't find anything. We still don't know what that flash was. It was pretty creepy, but we had a lot of fun that night. If anyone can think of what it might have been, please let me know. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true middle-of-nowhere stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you comfortably. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. In the meantime... Please take care of yourselves, and I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good evening. Love, peace, and light to you all.